Welcome to Energy Matters to You, July 17th, 2018 edition. The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. The Energy Matters to You podcast seeks to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. We're your host. My name is Leo Ryan, and on the lines, my co-host, Ron Galuli. Ron, how are you doing? Very well, thank you, Leo. How are you? Good. Enjoying just, the summer. We are just talking about how you're such an energy nerd, you just can't get enough of this stuff. <laughs> that is true. Um, I'm such an energy nerd, but... Uh, I can't. You're the only one I can talk to about it. Is that because, true? Yeah, I, uh, I, I get thrown, thrown out of the house here. Yeah, <laughs> I get thrown out of the house. Yeah. Well, speaking of your energy nerd predilections, I saw yesterday that you put a posting up on LinkedIn. This is something from uh, Lily Franklin, uh, Ideal Energy, having to do with using solar plus storage designs to tackle high demand charges. What was it about that that uh, that motivated you to put that up on LinkedIn? Well. You know, I did read the article and, you know, my firm, we've been using Homer Grid and it, it does mention or reference Homer Grid in that article. And it does talk about how utilities, some utilities are changing their rate structures to more of a demand based rate. I know some of the utilities locally here, the demand charges have been inching upwards. So they're, they're trying to collect, you know, returns on their investments through, through demand charges. And one way to mitigate that is to look at different options, whether it's solar storage, could even be potentially wind. And uh, we're using Homer Grid to assess those options and find out what the best mix of resources are for those customers. Great. Well, clearly the utilities, we've talked about this a lot, recognize that there's more and more distributed energy on the grid, solar and wind in particular, and that uh, they need to recoup their costs and make up for the lost revenue from, from generation. And so demand charges is kind of an easy spot to, to raise rates and collect more revenue. Absolutely. So, Ron, we've got a great guest on us, someone from your contact network, uh, Sean Becker, who's the founder of Sparkplug Power. And Sparkplug Power is sitting right in that spot to help uh, clients deal with rising demand charges. Sean, welcome. Thank you, Leo. It's great to be here. And uh, we, we've all confirmed that the technology works. We've, we're all speaking to each other. <laughs> so the first the first hurdle uh, achieved. Well, it's always critical to get the technical problems out of the way, right? In, in, in all the be... things, all the things that we do. So, Sean, you got an interesting background. Uh, spent a little time at GE Energy. I saw that. Some time with the with the Navy and a and a in a, uh, a pass through with uh, Greentown Labs. Can you give us a little bit of background on? Um, just on yourself in particular, and I'd love to know about your Greentown Labs experience. Sure. You know, I was in the Navy. Uh, my second ship was a new construction destroyer up in Bath Ironworks, where I uh, essentially ran a microgrid after we you know, built it. And uh, that was, you know, the floating power plant of the destroyer. That's where I cut my uh, teeth on the energy power, energy and power world. After that, I uh, went to grad school here in the Boston area at a place called the Fletcher School, you know, ethnic conflict and oil pipelines. And then I went into uh, GE uh, dealing with uh, hydropower and also sort of worldwide contracts on building power plants. Uh, in between there, I spent a little time with uh, Daniel Jurgens' business, the Cambridge Energy Research Associates, dealing with 
IPPs, uh, the uh, people who build power plants uh, at the time was Enron, Reliant, Dynegy, and others like that. But after GE, I ended up uh, starting Sparkplug. And during that, I became a, a tenant at Greentown. Uh, I go back with the founder, Sam White, to when we were both working as uh, me as an advisor and Sam as a sales guy for a uh, combined heat power startup a long time ago. That's great. So, uh, Sean, you, you start with the ultimate distributed energy system, uh, a big ship, and then you get a chance to see those large centralized facilities. So that's a, that's a nice background to understand the, the challenges and opportunities that exist in power generation. So, uh, Sean, we talked a little bit, Ron and I, as the show got kicked off about uh, this solar plus storage and, and the demand charge challenge. I wonder if you could just give us a sense of uh, how you see the, uh, the utility space, in particular, how they're currently dealing with demand charges and how they might look to the future to deal with them. Sure. I, I think the prime driver to date is actually the solar industry. And so you see the uh, rise of commercial solar and uh, residential solar behind the meter. And what that's doing to the utilities is it's eating into their revenue. So overall, you know, utility energy demand is stable or declining. And uh, that means that their revenues are going down to some degree. But the costs of the grid don't go away. You know, no matter if I use 100 uh kilowatt hours in a month or 200 kilowatt hours in a month, they've got to be prepared for me to turn on my AC and go from 300 watts to 14 kilowatts. And so the utility's got to find a way to pay for this. And they either charge more for energy, kilowatt hours, or they charge more for things we call demand or that peak power usage. And so that drives a need to raise demand charges or find some other way to do this. Okay, so Sean, so having recognized that, this need for the utilities to raise demand charge, what was the spark, <laughs> forgive the pun there, that got you to, to spark plug power? Well, I was part of the team that was selling uh, GE Hydro where I worked, and uh, my office was 185 miles away back in 2009. And GE had a small investment in a company called A123, uh, that Ron's heard of them, that they make batteries. Yeah. And... Uh, so they had this great containerized battery. Rick Fulop showed, showed me through the whole thing. And I was thinking, wow, manufacturing still seems like a really hard business, but we should be able to do something. You know, just like an IPP builds a gas turbine power plant, this looks, you know, standardized, modularized, really repeatable. Definitely a place for this in the, uh, in the power system. Took me a few years to figure out where that place may be. And that's how we ended up getting to the edge of the grid, I think is the term of art uh, that maybe Green Tech Media uses. But so where Sean, you're sitting, yeah. go for it. No, Sean, just going to ask the question, just follow on. So you, you bump into A123, you get a, a good look at their technology and, and business model, I assume, and how they're going to go to market. And you say to yourself, boy, you know, manufacturing, uh, a heavy industrial piece like a utility scale battery that's that's a lot of work that's somebody else's challenge so so what are you and spark plug gonna do to to solve this problem that you've identified so we're going to take these new uh, not so new anymore technology and put the assets at the edge of the grid where you need that power 
where you're paying for that peak demand. And so if you think about it, the customer class that pays for this is neither you nor I at our home, nor you know the major national customers you know, like ExxonMobil with a refinery or something, but those commercial businesses in the middle where the cost of electricity is kind of like the weather. You're concerned about it, but you, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. And so the hospitals, hotels, light industry, even office parks, and we're looking at those areas where they're paying very high demand charges. Uh, you know, Boston, New York, other islanded areas. And so we take a battery storage system, containerized, standardized, modularized, and deploy it there. And we don't sell the battery, we sell the service. So we sell that service to the customer who may not really care about batteries as much as Ron or I might. Uh, and we provide it to them just the way the utility would. Here's the service, you know, turn your lights on, turn your lights off, and we'll send you a bill at the end of the month. So, uh, Sean, do you have particular technology partners that you're working with? So we partner uh, right now, our major battery supplier is NEC Energy Solutions. Not surprisingly, uh, the follow-on company to the grid portion of A123 Power. Great. And um, is there a particular type? Well, tell us, where, where are you in the in the business development process? Uh, how many systems do you have deployed? What, what kind of uptake are you seeing in the marketplace? So we uh, started with a pilot project with our second class of customer, municipal utilities, out in Holyoke, uh, Mass., in the center of the, the state. Uh, Holyoke Gas and Power is an interesting system where they have both rural and centralized as an urban area, and they have a whole bunch of solar and a whole bunch of hydropower. And so we put a network out there of a virtual power plant of small battery systems. We make a five kilowatt battery pack, uh, probably fairly similar in your mind to the Tesla Powerwall. And we've networked those together with our own proprietary software. For bigger systems, such as where uh, you mentioned Greentown Labs, we're going to be putting in a 280 kilowatt, 510 kilowatt hour system here in Greentown, and that'll be sourced by, uh, through NEC Energy Solutions. We're also working with a solar developer to put one elsewhere in the state uh, with a solar canopy uh, over a parking lot, and that's driven by a, a tenant request of a property developer. Okay. So, Ron, Sean's mentioned uh, a couple of you know, pilot and early installations, and uh, it seems like there's a, a lot of overlap with uh, your municipalities and, and, and state regulators. Ron, what are you hearing on the state level about uh, integration of uh, technologies like spark plug power? Well, one thing that we're seeing, because we touch commercial and especially industrial customers, is that there's, there's, there's definitely a, a growing interest among the customer base level for storage. And, and so uh, obviously the solar is much more uh, advanced and mature market. But what we're finding is there's really not necessarily many opportunities for them um, because the market really hasn't developed. So there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty in the market. And, you know, uh, and Sean, I think, has some good insight into what's going on at the state level with regard to the value streams. And, you know, there's some controversy over the capacity and who's going to own what. So due to that, you know, lack of market structure, I, I, I think, you know, the market's poised to take off, but it's, it really hasn't got to that level yet. Sean, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, what you're hearing on the state level with regard to legislation that might help advance some of these uh, 
you know, modifications to, to, to the distribute to, to the edge of the grid? Sure. I think, you know, to date, the, the market in Massachusetts has been sort of, uh, just like our pilot project in Holyoke, it's been grant driven pilot projects. And this past year, the major program was called ACES, Advancing Commonwealth Energy Storage. And, uh, the Mass CEC made a, uh, you know, over 20, uh, oh, grants uh, to help projects along. So what you see is there were, there were about 69 applicants for those, and that that drove very specific projects where people are testing out and trying to find what's marketable, what's what's doable. Uh, but what it didn't create was a necessarily a market in the state. The next sort of legislative hurdle here is the SMART uh, program. And you, uh, you just had it up on the screen there, but it's basically the solar plus storage uh, tariff adder that is being negotiated as we speak. Um, and this is a way to add uh, value to a solar project by adding storage and uh, providing a supplemental re uh, revenue stream for that storage. So the theory behind supplemental means that you gotta get paid somewhere else. And that's uh, generally gonna come from demand charges or other uh, reliability payments. and as Ron alluded to, there's still a lot of uh, debate, uh, particularly from national grids, interest in capturing the capacity value, uh, but also from the, the rules and regulations of how you would dispatch this uh, unit that make it a, still very uncertain how, you know, how this is all gonna play out. And thereby holding off uh, developers like me from finalizing projects. Um, but I think it will get sorted out over the summer here and, and it'll allow the market to go forward. From a market structure, you know, things like the investment tax credit and the production tax credit at, at the federal level have spurred a lot of, uh, a lot of development uh, because they're crystal clear, you know, you produce so much power or you produce, you know, you build a, such a big system, you're gonna get this uh, clear and uh, definable amount of money back. And, and this, you know, the complexity is is trying you know, the aim is to give ratepayers or you and I customers money back in the whole utility system, uh, but the complexity uh, you know drives a little uh, you know, difficulty in in financing, and sure. so that's really where we're looking for. Okay, uh, Ron, Sean just mentioned the uh, that smart program, the the the, the Department of Energy Resources uh, Solar Massachusetts Renewable Target uh, Program. Can, have you bumped into that? Is that something that uh, the clients that you're serving are, are looking at and uh, a motivator for uh, the implementation of more distributed energy? We we are just starting to include potential smart incentives in our assessments with our solar and storage customers that are interested in solar and storage. So what we've seen is we're able to model that with a home or grid, and definitely the paybacks are shorter. So, um, you know, once that program is finalized, that's where I think customers will be able to take advantage of it. You know, w once, again, it needs to be solidified before developers like Sean can make proposals to customers that uh, are real and, and the paybacks and are fully flushed out. Yeah. So, Sean, we, the, the, the word uncertainty has come up a, a couple of times and I imagine that that's a, a key part of the you know, objection that, that you need to handle when you're in front of a prospect. Can you just talk to us a little bit about some of the points of resistance 
that uh, a prospect presents to you about implementation of spark plug power and maybe what your response is to get them over the hurdle? So, you know, the number one thing is people look at uh, batteries. And if you're not uh, energy nerds like Ron and myself, they seem new. And, you know, you know, does this technology work, I think, is the first question you've got to address. And, you know, what, we've been doing this for a long time, and the systems that we look at are about 10 years old. So reassuring people that the, the batteries themselves are robust, the electrical systems involved are technically uh, strong, and, and that this is a, you know, straightforward to operate is key. But then the next question goes to, okay, if it works, how much do I save? What's you know what's what's in it? And there is where the uncertainty comes to, to bear because you know you can model a lot of different savings, uh, but if the market rules are in flux, it's uh, you know there's a certain amount of uh, future risk involved, and that in our model falls uh, between the two company you know, our our sparkle power and also the customer. But the way we address that, in, or we address this with our project finance as well, is that utilities really have two ways to pay for the grid. There's volumetric pricing or energy that cents per kilowatt hour, or there's demand charges. And if you pour more into the uh, cents per kilowatt hour, then people are going to do more solar. We've already seen that happen, you know, national grid versus Eversource. National grid has a higher energy sort of a weighting, and Eversource has more demand-focused charges. There's more solar in national grid, and there's more uh, demand response and uh, soon-to-be storage in Eversource. So we say we're positioned to take care of that. And then we find things that are things that the customer may not have dealt with, but are pain points, reliability, backup power, and the like, and that often can be sort of the deal sealer, if not a, a financial consideration uh, for a customer. Great. So those two issues, you know, reliability and backup power, add on there the fact that uh, so much of the, the centralized utility grid needs updating and that uh, adding more capacity into the region is a challenge because nobody wants another pipeline or another transmission line through their neighborhood. So all of those present opportunities for uh, increases in, in, in distributed generation and spark plug power as a solution. What, what, what do you feel like uh, are some of the, you know, the wins behind your sale in addition to things that I just mentioned? Are, what, what are the things that are, that are driving people to, to look at spark plug power as a, as a solution? Well, I think the customers who are interested in doing things have already started down the path. They've probably put in LEDs. They've probably put on a rooftop or you know, ground mount solar. So they're looking at their bill and saying, hey, we, we've knocked down this 20 to 40 or even 50 percent of the, the energy supply cost. Uh, what's this other part of the bill? And all those charges stack up together are the demand charges. And say, well, how can we address that? And we say, we've got an answer. You know, we do peak power demand management. We make it simple for you. We make it you know, seamless with your other systems. And, and so that's really, uh, you know, the classic customer we're going after. Someone who's already sort of done the energy things and now needs to focus on power or demand management. Now, that's a really helpful summary there. So in addition to these kind of um, philosophical 
attributes that the, the customer has where they're, you know, they're already down the energy efficiency pathway and they're, they, they have the basic energy knowledge to recognize where the opportunity might be. Is there a, a market vertical or a type of client that you think fits best, has the greatest amount of opportunity for spark plug power? Well, I mean, we have sort of some, uh, some hurdles uh, or screens for our customers. Basically, we're looking at businesses that have a certain amount of demand, at least over 200 kilowatts. So transaction costs as you get smaller and smaller. Uh, the biggest criticism of our distributed model is that, you know, we're too small. and People would like to build much bigger and often centralized uh, units. And there is some truth to that. And we have to you know, be in the middle ground where I have a big enough customer that it's worth doing, uh, but not too big that, you know, a wholesale generation with a gas turbine or something would make more sense. Uh, the second part is uh, the cost of the demand charge. Certain areas of the state have very low demand charges. And so customers are in a good spot there. They, they don't necessarily need us. But the other parts of the state have demand charges $20 and more per kilowatt month. Those are That's our sweet spot. Uh, you see that in, in Boston, you see that in Southwest Connecticut, you see that in New York City. And those areas are, are ripe for the picking. And the final thing is, you know, customer profile. It's not just like energy where it's, you know, how many gallons of gas did we buy? It's more, when did we buy that? Did we buy it on the Monday morning when the, you know, the prices are high or did we buy it Wednesday when they switched them over? Um, timing is the critical uh, element for storage. And so we have to find the customers who have, we call it spiky profiles or, you know, peaky or however you want to define it. Uh, but just like our logo, ha logo has a few peaks, uh, we, we look for that in our customers' interval data. That's great. So, Sean, if, um, if someone wants to follow up with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, the best way is uh, through email. You can find us on our uh, website at www.sparkplugpower.com. Uh, there's a contact page there and uh, reach out, either call us or give us an email. We'll come right out. Outstanding. Hey, Ron, any final comments or thoughts? Well, you know, Sean, I, I definitely appreciate your insight into the current market. And uh, we look forward to working with you going forward because I think this business is just going to eventually take off. Uh, and it seems like you're well positioned to uh, really help the low, you know, area customers take advantage of storage and solar. Thank you, Ron. So, Sean Becker from Sparkplug Power, I want to thank you for being part of uh, Energy Matters to you. It's kind of an elite family. So, so Sean, welcome to the group. Thank you, Leo. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> I look forward to uh, getting a lot of downloads and having a lot of folks listen to this. I think that's kind of an abuse of the word elite, but we'll use it anyway. <laughs> So listen, uh, best of luck. And uh, as Sean mentioned, uh, uh, sparkplugpower.com, one word. That's the place to, to find them. The website's got a bunch of information about the uh, the range of services that they provide. And he's uh, got a blog posting and a couple of interesting things in there as well. Um, and as always, you know, check out the, the – uh, refer the podcast to, to your friends at uh, Energy Matters to You on, uh, on the Podbean site. Ron, any other uh, updates that you want to provide regarding the uh, podcast? We hope to get back on track with at least one podcast a month. So, again, if uh, there's any listeners out there who are interested in being on the podcast, just please reach out to us and uh, we can try to coordinate that. That's great. As always, we appreciate the feedback. So the folks who check in on uh, LinkedIn or email with us, that, that's a, it's a great way for us to, to get some feedback about where people are getting value out of this and where they want to see us go. 
So um, for Energy Matters to you, this has been Leo Ryan and Ron Galuli. There's work to be done. Go make a difference.